0: Welcome in to another episode of the Can You Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts Cody Mann, Al Trombley, and Nick Pierce. Hey, everybody.
1: Hey, how about them Packers?
0: (laughs) (laughs) If you all haven't figured out, we are Minnesota Vikings fans and it was a tough weekend for us. But it was an even tougher weekend for Packers fans. But
1: I spent the weekend in Wisconsin, and it made it even greater to see the Packers lose 38-3. to
0: It was an embarrassment. I will say that. I have some of my friends that are Packers fans coming out and saying, I can't stand the Packers, and they're my favorite team to watch. So it was a bad weekend for Packers fans everywhere. Al just got back from uh, Nashville. Al, tell us a little bit about your, your trip. Was it fun? Oh, the trip was
2: great. Uh, it was a little interesting seeing all the Titans fans uh, moping around while all the Cardinals fans were out hooting and hollering all night, uh, ripping, ripping up the dance floor, listening to some good country music. But yeah. then you're in Nashville, so
1: then the Titans fans really didn't care, and they just went to the bar and uh, had fun anyways, right?
0: Yeah, pretty much. Just their offensive line. <laughs> <laughs> they, had, they had a rough week one as well. I had Ryan Tannehill going in one of my leagues. Uh, we, we talk about late drafting late quarterbacks. You don't get one of the, uh, good values on one of the top quarterbacks in your drafts. You end up with, uh, having to choose between some of those late round quarterbacks and Ryan Tannehill was one of those quarterbacks that I had going and it did not work out so well this weekend.
1: Hey, I mean, there was a couple of those, uh, you know, I I know we're going to review the games today and, and we'll get to all of that, but Uh, You know, we we talked about, we've talked about late round quarterbacks extensively, and I'm looking at the list of quarterback finishes for fantasy here. And several of those names are outside of the top 20, well outside the top 20. So I don't think you're the only one, Cody.
0: Yeah, it was a, it was a crazy week one. There was a lot of football. We have a show ahead of us right now that we're going to have to get right into it because we want to cover all of the football games that happen, and as we get into some bye weeks moving forward, we will be able to take a step back and do some of our other uh, episodes that we like to to do in different segments in our episodes that we would like to get to. Um, but with everybody playing without a bye week this past weekend, there's a lot of football, and not all of our listeners got a chance to watch all of those games. so let's let's get down to it and talk about those football games. Um, we'll have waiver targets for you as a part of these conversations. We'll talk about our, um, the blow up performances, some of the dud performances and, and go from there. So, um, we'll, we'll have some of of this on the show. Um, one, one thing I want to announce right away with the waivers, right? We talk about, you know, who to pick up on waivers and going from there, but you should also be on the lookout for who people drop this week especially week one, right? I mean, there are going to be players and we'll get to them, but I'm just going to say a few Javante Williams, Trey Sermon, Brandon Iuke, all players that had pretty good draft capital coming into this year. um, Those three names, young players, two, I named two rookies there and a a second year wide receiver. um, Look for players like that to hit the waiver wires this, this week and and be ready to pick those guys up, scoop them up. I guarantee you Ronald Jones is going to get uh, dropped in several
1: leagues. And I just got a notification today saying that he was going to start week two. So if people are dropping guys like that and you have an extra roster spot or you have a a guy that you were taking a a shot on and he didn't play week one and you just don't see him doing a whole lot this year, take a shot on one of those high draft capital guys that people are panic dropping. And And that's what Cody was saying.
0: Yeah. So, so not only pay attention to who we say go after on waivers this week, um, but also pay attention to who's being dropped in your leagues. Cause you never know, you, you truly never know what's happening in your leagues. Um, we have some, some trades that actually happened this week as well. And we'll get to that. I do want to, I do want to start before we get to the, the games and we're going to get rolling here. Um, th- this is the time of year that we want to focus on the redraft season. We're going to, we're going to start talking about half PPR uh, that's, that's the, uh, fantasy finishes. Some of the fantasy finishes that we'll talk about are half PPR. The reason we do that is because it covers a little bit of the standard league for those who don't play point per reception leagues, and it's not a full PPR. So we'll hit, we'll hit it in the middle. We'll call it the half PPR, um, is where we're going to pull, you know, a lot of our data, and the analysis here, and then towards, as we get closer to the middle part of the season, we'll actually take a step back. And, uh, talk about some trade targets for dynasty, but for the most part, we're going to, we're just going to shoot for, for redraft, uh, waiver wires. So obviously a lot of these names won't be under dynasty waiver wires that we covered today. All right, let's get into it guys. Let's do it. All right. Week one, Dallas and Tampa Bay, um, Thursday night football. I was excited to watch that game and boy, did they perform.
1: Oh, man, it it was just nice having football back. And, you know, at least like the last couple of years, the Thursday night games have been duds. I mean, you'll get a blowout or you'll get a a real boring game. But that Dallas Tampa Bay game was billed as a good game and it lived up to every bit of that hype and more.
2: I'm going to hop on that train as well and say, yeah, it was just great to see football back on TV. And yeah, like
0: you guys said, it did not disappoint. At all. I mean, it. they blew up fantasy. It, it, we had two quarterbacks slugging it out that you didn't know. I mean, going to this game, you had a little bit of uh, a script of can Dak return to his, his normal uh, self. And, you know, last year to start the season, he had a great start to the season, historic start to the season and got hurt and was injured. So he's coming off injury. How is he going to perform? How is he going to look? I thought Dak looked great on the field. Not only looked great on the field, but he went uh, 42 completions, 58 uh, attempts, 403 yards. You guys, 403 yards, three touchdowns, uh, an interception, and a, four carries for 13 yards. So he wasn't doing a lot of damage on the ground like he usually does. But uh, you know, he is coming off uh, off of an injury, so he'll work his way back in there against a, a stout. Tampa Bay front front line, their defensive line is, is one of the best in the league and was tough to penetrate in this, this game on the ground. So a lot of, a lot of balls thrown in this game, Tom Brady on the other side of the, on the other side of the field, 32 completions, 379 yards, four touchdowns through the air and two interceptions. One went right off the fingertips of Leonard Fournette, uh, Butterfingers. Anybody want to talk about the, the running backs from these two teams?
2: Yeah,
1: I can talk about that. And so, I mean, obviously going into the game, uh, nobody or myself at least wasn't sure what was going to happen with Tampa Bays running backs. You know, what kind of shares Fournette going to get, what are they going to give Ronald Jones? They signed Gio Bernard and Bruce Arians has been saying all preseason that he's going to have a, a role in the passing game. Well, that, you know, they didn't do a whole lot with their running backs and neither did Dallas. That's just how the game went. I mean, it, w- it was a back and forth, uh, aerial game. So, I mean, Leonard Fournette had nine carries for 32 yards, five catches for 27 yards. Uh, Ronald Jones only had four carries for 14 yards. He obviously fumbled the ball and got sat down. Uh, so that wasn't great. Gio Bernard didn't have a carry. He did have two catches on three targets for 12 yards. Um, so I think the jury's still out on that Tampa Bay running back room, uh, as far as Dallas Zeke only had 11 carries, which was really disappointing in, in in my eyes. Uh, he did catch both of his targets. He was two for two for six yards and Tony Pollard added three carries for 14 yards and, and actually caught four balls for 29 yards. Again, they just didn't use their running backs a whole lot. Brady and Prescott dominated the offense in this game.
0: So. Al, I have a question for you. Ezekiel Elliott, are you panicking? You drafted him in the first round. If you picked him up in your redraft leagues, you picked him in the first round. He was your first pick off the board. What are you, what are you doing with Zeke?
2: I'm, I'm playing him every week. Uh, you know, week one, there, there's a lot of things that can happen. You know, everybody goes into it. So gung ho, everybody's excited for football to be back. And you just think right away that, you know, your guy's going to come out and he's going to put up that 35 spot that, you know, you think he's going to get every single week. It's just not the case. You know, they, they didn't really give him the volume. Um, it, it was just a, a high passing attack and they, they didn't give him the volume. If, if he gets the volume, he's going to get the yards. Don't even think about setting him.
1: Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator from Dallas, came out and said that they called 26 passing plays or uh, excuse me, 26 rushing plays and Dak audible a lot of almost half of them just based on what Tampa Bay was doing defensively.
0: Yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with what I was actually talking about in the last week's podcast of, we have to temper our expectations of, of these players, right? You start your studs, you start Zeke. You don't think about it. You start them. You, you picked them first overall, you or for, you know, your first pick in the first round, If you have Zeke, that's where you got him, and you have to start him even against a really stout run defense against Tampa Bay. You knew it was going to be a a tough contest. You'd be lucky to walk away. You know, last week I was thinking you'd be lucky to walk, walk away with 10 points this week in a half PPR league. So, um, let's just rip through some of the wide receivers real quick. Uh, Amari Cooper had the best performance of the week. Wide receiver one on the week. He had 13 receptions out of 16 targets, 139 yards, two touchdowns, CD lamb, Got involved, 15 targets, 7 receptions, 100 yard, 104 yards and a touchdown. Gallup got hurt, cut him. Uh, if you don't have an IR spot, make sure he hits the waiver wires for uh, your league. If you have him on your bench, get rid of him. Um, Antonio Brown uh, had a big week. Five five receptions, 121 yards and a touchdown. Godwin, always reliable. Nine receptions, 105 yards, a touchdown. He did fumble, but that didn't hurt too bad. Mike Evans with the dud in this game. I think you're going to see a little bit of musical chairs in the wide receiver game. I think going into the year I had Mike Evans as the one that would uh, suffer the most out of that musical chairs game. Gronk with a huge performance finishing as the tight end one on the week, uh, eight receptions out of the eight targets, caught all, all eight receptions for 90 yards to two touchdowns. Let's get rolling into
2: Be- before you do that, Cody, I just want to want to mention one thing about Mike Evans. Don't rule him out either. Um, I believe was it, digs on him all night. You know, yeah, he's he's Tra- one of the top corners in the league. Yeah, they were Trey double Vaughn covering Diggs. him inside the twenty-five. Don't hold back on him either. You 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 got to start him. Yeah. The problem but, is
1: is Evans and Godwin are going to be hot and cold. They're going to be going back and forth. Antonio Brown is their short yardage guy. I mean, he's going to make big plays out of these short yardage passes. So I think he's going to, I think he's going to be more consistent he's going to have a lower ceiling, but a higher floor than those two each week.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I I personally have Godwin as someone who's more consistent out of the three receivers throughout the the course of the year. So you're always starting Godwin. Um, you might have to think about flexing Mike Evans or taking him out of your lineup, depending on how deep your receivers are. So let's get into our second matchup Philadelphia versus Atlanta. We had a blow up performance from Jalen hurts. Who's going to be a fantasy stud. I think all year we had them all ranked inside our top. 12 for quarterback. I had him in, in, inside my top 10 at my ninth ranked quarterback on the year. Uh, put up tremendous numbers, 28 points in, in a standard quarterback, four-point scoring format. Matt Ryan with a huge dud this week, only completing 21 um, of his passes for 164 yards and no touchdowns. So no touchdowns. For the Atlanta Falcons this week, two field goals is all we had. So an entire bust all the way around. Kelvin Ridley, you're still starting him. Five catches out of the eight targets he had for 51 yards. Uh, on the other side of the ball, you have Devontae Smith had a, a great week, which is good to see from a rookie. Six catches for 71 yards and a score. Jalen Rager, six out of six for 49 and a score. And then even Dallas Goddard. So. There is an injury report on Zach Ertz. I believe it's uh, an ankle injury. Nick, I don't know if you saw anything on on Zach Ertz and where he's at currently. Hamstring, sorry, it's a ham hamstring, still under evaluation. So I don't have any further um, notice for you on that. But Dallas Goddard would be a great start moving forward if Zach Ertz is to miss any time. And yeah. I don't, I don't really have anything else from this game. Miles Sanders had a pretty good game: 15 carries, 74 yards for. Uh, no touchdowns, one, two point conversion. So no,
1: anything you to know, add, you know, honestly in this game, um, you know, people I, I I've seen, uh, on Twitter and on social media, people getting real down on Kyle Pitts, Kelvin Ridley already guys. It's week one, give them a shot here. It, let's let's wait and see what they can do. They'll be fine. Uh, although Matt Ryan, Al, if you remember that bet we made, Uh, where you were all hot to trot on Matt Ryan. All I'm saying is uh, he better play better than he did in week one. And I do love, I love how Jalen Hurts played. My worry with him was, can he pass? They've got film on him now. Well, he completed 77% of his passes and ran for another 57 yards. So he looked good week one. Let's see what he can do week two. But, you know, we'll go from there. It's a good start for him.
2: Like you said, Nick, it's week one. We got 17 more to go. Yeah, But uh, my, my, my biggest takeaway from this game is Devonte Smith. I, I think he's a guy right now, the way that they utilize him. Uh, when I was in Nashville, I didn't get to watch my Vikings. um. So I watched the entire uh, Eagles game. And the way they utilized him and the way he looked, he's a guy I think you can plug into your lineup right now.
0: Yeah. And Kenneth Gainwell, another notable name to just throw in there because he is a rookie. Not, not many people know about him he he did uh have nine nine touches on the ground 90, 37 yards for a touchdown and caught two passes for 6 yards so definitely a viable option if you have really deep benches and he's on your waiver wires is definitely something to look at if he's not rostered
1: yeah honestly gainwells yeah the, the way they were using him he he looks like a james white kind of guy I, I mean he he might not be that right away but that's the role they were using him in and that's definitely a flex consideration each week or a, a, a week fill in for you.
0: All right. Next up, we got Pittsburgh and Buffalo.
1: Uh, You know, and this, this game, I wasn't sure what to expect. Buffalo's got a great defense. Pittsburgh's got a very good defense. They both got good offenses. I didn't know, if is it going to be a high scoring game? Is it going to be a defensive game? Well, it ended up being a 23, 16 Pittsburgh game, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, 188 yards and a touchdown. Josh Allen had 270 yards and a touchdown, another 44 on the ground. He did fumble a little bit of a disappointing uh, outing for a guy that you're drafting in your top three quarterbacks. Um, But like I said, it's week one, plenty of time on that. Najee Harris had 16 carries for only 45 yards. It was good to see him get the volume, but I would definitely like to see a little more from him there. Uh, On the other side, Zach Moss got deactivated before the game. So Devin Singletary was the bell cow there. 11 carries for 72 yards. Keep your eye on him. Um, If you drafted him.
0: Nick, I got, I got something to say here too. So Singletary and Matt Breda are the two running backs to start this game. There were a lot of people that were high on Zach Moss. Did you see this as a surprise for an inactive coming into week one?
1: Oh yeah. I was surprised on Sunday when I saw that. But, uh, personally I drafted Singletary over, over Zach Moss this year. Now that. Doesn't mean that's how they viewed it. And I didn't think they were going to deactivate Zach Moss. I thought it was going to be kind of a timeshare type thing, but I guess not.
0: All right, Al, let's move on. Let's get to the Jaguars and the Houston Texans. Everybody really was looking forward to watching this game.
2: Man, I I, wish I could have been there. You know what I tell you? It's first it starts with the draft with me drafting on the turn. And then you guys are giving me the real winner games. I see where I stand, boys. Right on the end. All right. Going into a big hype. Trevor Lawrence, not a bad day. Uh, I mean, he threw the ball 51 times completed 28 of them. Well, if you're calling to the other team, we're going to look at 31 of them. He had 332 yards, three touchdowns and three interceptions opening debut. Not, not the greatest, but a, I mean, we lost to arguably one of the worst teams in the NFL, um, Tyrod Taylor, not too bad. 291 yards two touchdowns hey that's a guy that again if you're looking on the waiver wire and you have you know you, you're potentially looking for a second quarterback and there's nothing out there grab him. um this is interesting with with, with the running backs here over in houston all three running backs on their roster ingram david johnson and philip lindsey all putting one across the goal line it looks like that's going to be a musical chair system all year there i If you're relying on one of those guys, I I don't have any tips for you on how to go, but hopefully
0: you don't have to deal with that. I have Um, a tip. Hold on. I have a tip. Let's not let's not uh, skip over the fact that Mark Ingram had 26 carries. I think if you had to start one of those guys i I would not want to start one of those guys but if you're desperate I'd start Mark Ingram out of any of those three
1: hey, It's straight from the retirement home to the you know the NFL with Mark <laughs> Ingram there
0: huh? yeah I'm sorry I'll keep going hey, it's
2: week one I it, you never know what's gonna happen next week he, he could have the three carries next week
0: you don't know no you're you're not wrong i I would just I just wanted to put my two cents in on if you had to start winning any of those three I'm starting Ingram
2: I'm proud of you, Cody. Uh, you know, I'm not really going to go too much into depth with the rest of these guys here. I mean, Brandon cooks, five catches on seven targets, 132 yards. I I think he's going to be a guy that can put those kind of numbers up week in and week out, especially going forward. I I don't think Houston is, is ahead in very many games going forward. Also why I wouldn't start Mark Ingram. Um, the biggest question here now I'm going to pass this over to you boys. Um, James Robinson, five carries, 25 yards. Okay. You know, the big news came out, Travis Etienne out for the season. Um, Everybody was worried that they were going to be splitting carries there. Now Robinson had five carries and Carlos Hyde had nine. What, what's your guys' thoughts? Urban Meyer's a terrible coach. You know, honestly, that's the first thing that jumped
1: out at me on this game was Why are you running Carlos Hyde over James Robinson? I just, I don't understand it. And I don't know that going forward, it's going to change. I mean, Carlos Hyde had nine carries, James Robinson had five. I'd say, well, it's part of the game script. They were down, but Carlos Hyde is not a pass catching back. It'd be one thing if Travis Etienne was in there getting the reps, but it's not. I mean, Cody, what do you, what, what do you think on this? The only thing I can think of is Carlos Hyde went to Ohio State and Urban Meyer coached at Ohio State. What other reason? Would you ever play Carlos Hyde in front of, well, pretty much anyone in the NFL at this point? But
0: I think, you know, maybe that's just me. It, it just goes back to James Robinson was an undrafted free agent and continues to get disrespected in the NFL. No matter how much he, you know, he puts forward his the effort he gives during the game, the big scores. I mean, look at how many how many touchdowns and and how many yards he put up last year to even make the Jaguars somewhat relevant, finishing worst on the season, but making them somewhat uh, of a relevant fantasy team to, you know, to have fantasy implications that people actually wanted to watch the Jaguars play. And Carlos Hyde, the only thing I can think of, Nick, I believe Carlos Hyde was brought in under Urban Meyer. Like he had the decision, like we're bringing Carlos Hyde in versus James Robinson. He didn't have that decision. And so he, I think it's just a, a, he's playing his Trump card in, no, I, I get to decide who gets the ball in, in my offense and it was going to be ETN and now it's Carlos Hyde.
1: Right. And and I'm not, you know, don't, don't go out and drop James Robinson, wait and see, hold him, wait and see. It's just going to be tough to trust him going forward until they start giving him more volume. Yeah. One, the one thing I wanted to point out with this game is DJ Chark had 12 targets. He only had three catches. He had three catches for 86 and a touchdown. He had 12 targets. So Trevor Lawrence is obviously looking his way. He was everybody's hot sleeper going into last year. He had kind of a disappointing season. Uh, he dropped down draft boards this year. Keep your eye on DJ Chark. Obviously he's not going to be on the waiver wire, but if you can go out and buy low on a guy like that, do it. This, that's, that, that's the kind of trades I love making early on in the season.
2: I, I would say the same thing with, with Marvin, Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chanel. I mean, both of those guys had n- nine targets on top of it. This is a team that is going to be down almost every single game of the season. You know, if you're looking for a, a third receiver, if any of these guys for any reason are on the waiver wire, go grab them. You know, put them, put them as a flex guy, put them as a third receiver if you're in deeper leagues. I mean, they are going to be getting targets
0: day in and day out you're going to slot those guys in in bye weeks almost every time. And that's a great take, Al. Thank you for that. James Robinson, just want to go back to that real quick. I Just like Brandon Ayuk that Nick pointed out earlier, I'm not going to start James Robinson if I have better running backs available on my bench that I can I can put in until I know what I'm going to get from James Robinson. Same thing with Brandon Ayuk. I'm, I'm not dropping him, but I'm going to put him on my bench until I see a better performance or so at least th- hit play, right? So this kind of
1: situation if you drafted after the Etienne news came out, you probably drafted James Robinson as an RB2. So he has slotted him into your starting lineup. Now this is where you can start a guy like Jamal Williams in the next couple of weeks. Wait and see what you're going to get from James Robinson. You can start a guy like Jamal Williams. He's going to get volume, he's going to get passes. It's not a sexy name, but I think he's going to outproduce him in the short term. And hopefully Hopefully Jacksonville will realize what they've got. They'll utilize James Robinson like they did last season. But in these next couple of weeks, I think you have to sit him until you see that happen.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Nick. Let's hop into Seattle and Indianapolis. We had uh, a good matchup between Russell Wilson and Carson Wentz. Russell Wilson, Litton, Russ cook a little bit. We had uh, only 23 passing attempts though i mean this is what we're talking about when they're like lit russ cook right i mean this is exactly what we're talking about they win 28 to 16 didn't necessarily need to be throwing the ball a whole lot in this game but 254 yards and four touchdowns Uh, that's that's excellent had an excellent game through the air did not need to carry the ball too often uh nine nine yards on the ground for him carson wentz had an okay day, saved at the end with a, another Zach Pascal touchdown. Jonathan Taylor, 56 yards, six receptions for 60 yards, so not bad. Naeem Hines involved in the passing game as well, adding six receptions for the second running back in that offense. Chris Carson had 91 yards on 16 carries, had a fumble. Chris Carson has a problem with fumbling, but another fumble? He, another fumble, another fumble. But I don't think Chris Carson's going to lose the job. In well, at Seattle. least he didn't get hurt. Yeah, thank goodness. Um, real quick on the receivers, Tyler Lockett had a big game. I had him going in one of my daily fantasy. Actually, I stacked this this game. So if anybody out there is listening to DFS, here's here's a hot tip for you. If you're playing daily fantasy and you want to maximize your ceiling, I went with Russell Wilson and I stacked him with both Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, because statistically speaking, you want to, you want to pair your quarterback with two of the best receivers on that team. Because if your quarterback is the best on the, on the week, there is a hot, very high percentage chance that your Tyler Lockett in this case and DK Metcalf have big games as well, putting up 24 fantasy points and a half PPR and DK Metcalf putting up 14 points. Now there's a, a, the, trick and the kicker to this is it's called a comeback player. So because this game, I ended up stacking Russell Wilson with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, the comeback player uh, is, is Zach Pascal. And I don't think it's actually termed comeback. I'd have to think of, think about what that term actually is. I'll call it comeback player for now. Um, but if, if you have your top players on that team going off and maximizing your ceiling, the, there's a very high percentage chance that the wide receiver two or three from the other opposing team puts up a, a large amount of points. And in this case, this is a perfect example of that. Zach Pascal had uh, four catches, 43 yards and two touchdowns, putting up 18.3 points on the other side of the ball. So I ended up doing pretty well in my daily fantasy this week because I did that. And I just wanted to give that hot tip for anybody else that's into daily fantasy. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, I love stacking quarterbacks and receivers,
1: obviously. So um, honestly, not a ton to look at in this DK Metcalf didn't have a catch until the second half, uh, but he did end up with 16 and touchdown disappointing game for Michael Pittman. I was expecting a lot more from him with with T.Y. Hilton being out only only three for four for 29 yards. I mean, that's pretty poor, for, poor performance there. Excuse me. Lockett put up a locket game, a couple big plays, a couple touchdowns. He's going to be streaky, but he's going to put up points. You know, Chris Carson had a solid game. Jonathan Taylor didn't run the ball great, uh, but he caught six passes, which is nice. Uh, The tight ends, not much to say there. Gerald Everett was a sleeper candidate of mine. Only two catches for 20 yards, but he did have a touchdown. Uh, Al, anything that you picked out of this game that really stuck out
2: at you? Uh, nothing really stuck out to me here. Uh, the one thing I do want to say for guys is, you know, if you're going to, if, if you're going to go down the waiver wire, looking for a wide receiver, you can go spend a couple bucks on, on Zach Pascal, but I would not blow even 5% of my budget. I I don't think this is going to be a repeat thing. Um, going forward, I, that, that's all I can really say about this game. I was very disappointed in Michael Pittman myself. I have him in almost every league, but. You know, it is week one. We're, we're going to let him ride. Definitely don't get rid of him and, and see what
0: happens. All right. So let's draw that the line in the sand for today. And we will be back with part two in our next episode of the week one recap. Thanks for tuning in.
2: See y'all soon.
0: Keep it classy,
1: fantasy world. <laughs>